This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 545 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, Bates Salary, and Surefoot Equine Stability Program. On today's show, we have guests Wendy Murdoch and Beth Hayes from the Horse of course, will join us, and we're going to get a wonderful trainer tip from friend Sarah Hassler. This is Reese Scoffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. How you doing? I'm good. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. We're in the home stretch now. We are. We are in the home stretch, and I think this is actually our last show of 2019. Oh, my goodness. It's been another ah, wonderful year. <laughs> it has been a really wonderful year, especially for us here on the show. We've had so much fun and so many great guests. Uh, and wow, it, it, it went fast. Like the, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's the end of the year. It's crazy. Yeah. And for those wondering, you know, of, of our long, long-term listeners, we normally do a, what do they call it? All, all host episode. Yes, Glenn we is, do. Was too tired from the, from the radiothon <laughs> yeah. to be able to put it together because it's, it's a lot of work to do. That radiothon's a ton radiothon of work. Or to do, yeah. yeah, to get all the hosts together on the, all of we it. normally <laughs> have questions. And, and the, I mean, that's, that's one of my favorite episodes. That me we too. Do I was glad we didn't do it. Yeah. A little disappointed we, that we didn't get to do, do it. But, but uh, maybe we can con- convince Glenn that we should do an all Next post year. maybe in, in, in February or something that doesn't have yeah, to be that would, good Christmas idea. holidays. But Good idea. Yeah, yeah that, that comes from the top. So we didn't, but Phil, what are you doing for the holidays? Just going to keep it quiet and just visit family and no, nothing super exciting. It's just nice to get a little bit of time you know, around, around my family and Meredith's family. And, you know, that's, I think that's what it's all about anyways. Have some nice, some nice dinners, eat a lot, which I love. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> I'm trying to work out a little harder this week, knowing that I'm going to eat a lot next week. <laughs> uh, pre, pre-planning, I'm, right? Pre-planning. I'm pre- pre-working out for sure. To, maybe hoping that, that all yeah. Right. Well, yeah. since the last time we talked to you, you've, you've, I think, well, maybe the last show you would already move down to Florida, but uh, how's, how's it going? No, there? no, this is my first show. Actually, I, I even okay. in the intro, I, I forgot to rework my intro, but uh, yeah, we are here in Florida. We moved seven horses over the weekend. Huge shout out to my assistant, Dominique Lean, who was awesome. And we had a tough trip. It was really, really bad weather the first night we drove because it's quite a long drive. It's about 18 hours. So it's, it's easy to, it's easier to break it up if we can. So we broke it up the first night and it rained the entire time, but the horses weren't with us. We came down ahead of time and Miss Lori put the horses on the trailer in Kentucky and, and organized that. So we had a great team in Kentucky and we came to Florida to get everything ready. So I had a great co-pilot and my, my newfie Annie, who was great. And so the three of us headed down. So we're here and it is a lot of work to get everything organized, but the horses work today and they were great and fun just to kind of get to work. I have my first lesson tomorrow, kind of before the holidays and just kind of get a read on where we're going 
you know, in the new year. So really, really looking forward to it. So we're here. Um, I'm actually flying home. You know, I have my, my niece and nephew are still pretty little. They, this is great. They're, they're six and nine. So it's like perfect Christmas age. So I'm really looking forward to, to just spending some time with them and, and family and my husband's family as well. So I'm the same. I fly home on Sunday and home for a couple of days and then I get to come back and really get the party started here in Florida. So I can't wait though, because those little ones are so excited about Santa. They can't quit talking about it. It's great. <laughs> That's awesome. That's <laughs> yeah. My awesome. niece just got a new pony. So I'm going to, can't wait to see her. I saw a ride him. I didn't get to see the pony reveal, which I really would have loved, but we had already headed south. So, um, but I can't wait to see, you know, her ride her new pony and all that good stuff. So lots of fun. Great. Great. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about what, what we're doing for the show today. Yes, yeah, so we have a great show. We're going to have some friends stop by and talk a little bit about fashion. Uh, so we're going to get right into it. So after this short break from Bates Saddlery, Beth Haste from The Horse, of course, is coming on to get us up to date on what's new for 2020. To celebrate the holidays, if you purchase a new Bates Saddle in November or December, you can redeem a free set of Bates Saddles competition luggage. Bates Saddles offer highly specialized saddles for every discipline, engineered to bring out the best in you and your horse. Underneath the finest European leather, you will feel the power of innovation. For you, the rider, enjoy instantaneous comfort, optimal balance, and seamless contact with your horse, leaving you free to concentrate on your aids. For your horse, the Care Cushion System and the Easy Change Fit Solution ensure their absolute comfort and your peace of mind. Revolutionize your riding experience and fulfill your true potential by riding in a Bates saddle. Conditions do apply. Visit BatesSaddles.com to find out more. That's BatesSaddles.com. Well, tonight I am so excited to have Beth Haste. She is the head queen of the Dressage Mobile Tax Shop, the horse, of course. And really, if you're ever at Global, you got to go see her because she's the lady to see. And I'm so happy to have you on the show, Beth. Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. And thanks for the introduction. It was lovely. <laughs> well, it's true. And and you keep me in the straight and narrow for sure. And I always appreciate it. You and Marty, your husband, are fantastic supporters of the sport. And Marty's an amazing saddle fitter. And you wear many hats and and bit fitting and saddle fitting. And really you're the you're the lady to go to. And we're always so happy to have you on the show. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Was- well, so today we we actually have a fun holiday segment because I, I Phil, I don't know how you are in the buying something for Meredith's apartment, but uh, I, I, I'm I thought awesome. oh, yeah. oh oh I always knock it out of the park. <laughs> oh, well, Beth, I was hoping you would help some horsey husbands out there or maybe just something for a trainer. What's new for kind of holiday gift giving this year? I think you break it down into some ideas in in different price ranges. But one of the things that was interesting, and it's also made in America, and it's put out by this new company called Hannah Childs. And everything they do is made in America. And they had great belts this year in like embossed Italian belts. and But the buckles were like twisted metal. And they were really pretty. And they did it in uh, four colors. They did it in black, gray, pink with a rose gold twisted buckle. And they also did it in navy. And they were just lovely. And they ran around $99. 
And um, that's a little at the upper end, but everybody could always use a new belt. And the buckle was just stunning. Co-host would, would love said belt. I'm just saying. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then, there, then I try to think of things that you don't need a size for, you know, how you yes. want to get something maybe for one of your barn mates or whatever. And they, we have some new number sets and they're in white patent leather with three blingy diamonds on them. And on the back, they have a Velcro attachment or, and they have a big pin. So they can either go on your bridle or halter or on the saddle pad because the pin's already built in. And there's two of those and they're twenty nine ninety five. And I thought that was like the perfect oh, cool. gift. Yeah, that's a great idea. You don't idea. need a size. Oh, your favorite colors. And then there was, <laughs> yes. And then there was this great scarf that they came out with this year. And that came in three colors and it was cotton. So whether you're down here in Florida or you're up in the cold, you can wear this year round. And it had, it was either gray with navy running horses on it or black with red running horses on it or pink with gray running horses on it. And that's another thing where you don't need a size for somebody. And everybody could just put those with anything. And then they had one other one, which was interesting. And that had a fox on it. And it was a beautiful fox. And it was either on a beige background or a black background. And it's all from the same company. And they're only nineteen ninety-five. Wow. So oh, my gosh. Great gift. Wow. Really reasonable. Yeah. yeah. So for somebody in the barn... Or you go into a, a barn party and you got a a, a Santa gift. Yeah. I mean, these were a couple of items and you never had to know what size anybody was. Oh, that's a great idea for like so a white elephant my, gift or something. Yeah. Exactly. And and yeah. I'll tell you, the scarves look like they were way more money. I bet. Ooh, so I really like scarves. Super, super nice. Yeah. So that oh. was my three little holiday gifts that I thought were interesting this year. Love it. Oh, those are so, fantastic. Yeah, good ideas. Yeah. So, yeah. so Beth, we were talking because we're, you know, moving into sort of what's new for 2020, which I cannot believe I'm even saying. Yes. Uh, so, you know, know, Phil, it. our Phil, not to pick on him at all, but he <laughs> likes in like blues. Uh, what could we do for fashion? What's a men's fashion? I, I you know, we don't give a, the men a lot of loving. So, Phil, this is for you, man. No, we don't. We kind of <laughs> neglect them, don't we? Yeah, we do. And um, we have Phil. We don't like to neglect Phil. Yes, we don't want to do that. Well, <laughs> I think that there's a couple of things that are really good for the guys. There is a beautiful, made out of performance fabric shirt in blue. And it's a nice light blue. And it comes with a white collar. And it has a button on tab for your tie to go through. But you could wear that shirt every day. You could wear that shirt to show in. And it, and it was made by Eurostar, beautiful shirt. And then they made another shirt, which was even a little more exciting. And that was done in three different colors. And it had some piping on it. And it was navy with some teal and white. And it had a white collar and a white tab. And 
just super and fun. And again, you could wear it every day, made out of performance fabric. And both of these shirts were under $100. That's and nice. I have noticed yeah. In, yeah, the last couple of years, and I've I've actually picked up a couple of extra show shirts because the new fabrics they're coming out with are just you know just really great for for stay, trying to stay cool when you're wearing you know your shirt and your jacket and and uh, I, I do I do have some selections now for right. riding and and for showing in. But you and, don't uh, have to keep them for show, which is nice. Yeah, you yeah, can yeah. wear them every day. Nobody puts a, a oh, that's a show shirt. I don't think so. I think with these performance fabrics, it doesn't make any difference. And the other great thing is, nobody wants to be walking around the showgrounds in white breeches and a white shirt. Yeah, ooh, yeah, not so a good. So having a nice colored no, it's like the moon over Miami. Um, <laughs> you know, so you want to. Uh, you want to wear a colored shirt, kind of breaks it up, and a nice belt. And then, you know, you do, all you have to do is just put on your show jacket, and you're off and ready to go. I love it. So, I think so Beth, how about really the ladies? a nice thing for the guys. Yeah, uh, how about well, the ladies? Well, the ladies. Yes. I think that the color choices have changed. Okay. And I think that's a big thing. You know, I mean, we used to, uh, there was a time when if you thought about dressage, you thought about dressage in terms of black and white. Yeah. And, of course, that's gone by the wayside. And I don't even know if it was really black and white because the classic color for dressage is always navy. So let's run down how about how they're uh, the choices for color in, like, if we do from one to five. And one being the most popular color. for You'd be surprised. The number one color for show coats is navy. Yeah. yeah Number like two color now Ooh. is gray. Oh, interesting. Number three color is royal. Yeah, I was just gonna say royal blue Whoa. has gotta be on. Yeah, it's got it's gotten it. he's gotten popular. I don't know. I don't know. How do you feel yeah. about that, Beth? I I think there's some really nice royals and I don't want them to be too crazy. And you have to be a little bit more confident yes. to wear a color that's not quite in the a darker colors. But these are all legal to show in. And then the other color after royal is burgundy. Oh, interesting. So I know, I know. Huh. And then notice we haven't mentioned black. I was just going to say, what about black? Yeah. <laughs> where's black? Yeah, where's and black? And after the burgundy, chocolate is making Brown, it yeah. Wow, That's yeah. Sharp. I think it now, can be sharp on the, the right chocolate, horse. Right. Now we can put, but it's got to be, it's got to be a real brown. It can't yeah. have red in it or anything else, because then you're going to clash. But a nice chocolate brown on is going to be horse. like basic black. Well, yeah. it's even going to look good on a gray, and oh, it's certainly yeah. going to look really smart on a bay. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Interesting. So, and Beth, that color we wheel. we used to wear a lot of, yeah, black. but we used to use a lot of brown britches, yeah. and that was like basic black. I mean, there's not a color that, that didn't go with the dark brown. So if you yeah. think about that for a show coat, it's really quite nice, and it's soft on the skin tones. Yeah, that's so very it true. It looks really good on people. Beth, isn't so there? I think that that's a big thing. Yeah, and isn't there a color wheel? 
how do how can you decide if your color is legal? Can you tell people that? Well, I the matter of fact, I just had a big discussion about that mm-hmm. at at the USDF convention. Yes, I know they because they called me and they wanted to run down a few things before they put the thing to bed. But basically, the uh, it has to be what they call a conservative color. I don't consider pink or a bright purple, no. but purple is totally legal if you want to use a dark purple. I mean, that's totally fine. It, it, you know, I think that you want to hit it to a little bit of the darker side. Like, I think light gray is almost too light. Mm. It's really got to be a little bit darker gray. But all the colors we mentioned are all in the conservative. Yeah, and I think it, uh, yeah, it depends on like whether sure. you're doing... Yeah, whether you're like doing a lot of piping with with a brighter color, like I think right. uh, conservatives have conservative colors is is darker. But like I I noticed with helmets and everything, like if you you if you totally bling out the whole outfit and your horse's brow band and and everything, then I think it's it can be a bit much, right? Well, I think you always have to be careful. We just had this discussion as well. Is that you when you come down center line? You are announcing uh, to the judge your confidence level. And I I mean, we get back to the bling or not to bling. So the (laughs) the brighter the colors, the more the bling, the more confident you're telling that judge you are. And if you don't live up to what the expectation is, maybe you might get a little dinged on that. Mm-hmm. So I think people have to decide at what point they're at when they come down center line. And it's always good to be classic. And classic can be, if you think about those beautiful colors that we mentioned, there's nothing wrong with any of those. Royal might be a little bit more confident than a dark gray or a dark burgundy or a dark chocolate. So that might be a little statement, but if you had any of those other colors and you look very smart without too much bling, I think that uh, none of the judges would ding you for that. Yeah. But I think that if you come in looking uh, uh, a little bright and a lot of bling, that you have to be confident at that point because you're going to have to put on a performance. Right. Right. And I think that it's a good way to kind of, Think about it. Yeah. So if it's your first pre St. George that you've ever done in your life. Yeah. Mm, no. You may <laughs> want to have a relatively conservative, uh, you know, classic looking coat. Yeah. Or go talk to Beth because she'll good advice. She'll yeah, she's got great advice. <laughs> really, just stop and talk to Beth because she'll <laughs> she'll make sure that you're. Well, no, I, I think that's important. Anybody, right? No, and I never want anybody to be inappropriate, and I right. don't want anybody. I want them to be successful. When they go down center line, no matter what level they're at or where they are in their riding. And if you dress appropriately, I think it's always going to be a bonus. I love it. I love it. What else is going uh, on? What else, what else is new? Well, how about, how about the old three and four button thing? You remember that? Yeah. I mean, you always, if it's a dressage code, it has to be four buttons. Right. Well, that's not true anymore at all. Really? Oh, no, you can have a three button, a four button. And now, you know, for those uh, people that are 
doing crossover. Let's say they've got a great horse and the horse can do hunters and then it can go in and do first or second level dress up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to have two coats anymore. You That's can wear awesome. the same coat. That's which fantastic. Really makes it it really makes it nice for people. Especially, yeah. you know, if you're doing dressage to improve your jumping. Yeah. So now you don't have to have two coats. You can wear the same coat and the it. hunters or uh, right. And so the it. three or four button crossover is like perfect. And they're all the same length now. Yeah, so interesting. Yeah, we got a lot, lot shorter dressage jackets. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and the shorter wasn't and, good and for me. Longer better. Well, <laughs> well, you say that, except what happens is is that you're sitting in the saddle. That's true. So when you sit in the saddle, the coat comes down a little bit. And if you have a coat that's too long, you end up sitting on it. Mm. And it also makes your leg look shorter. Because if you think about the distance between the top of your boot and then how the coat comes down, it could make your legs look a little stubby where you have the shorter coat that's just going to come to the top of your leg and it makes your leg look longer. Yeah. See, this is why Beth is Beth. Cause she's <laughs> <laughs> well, it's all about, I mean, you want to have your legs look as long as possible. I think sure. Kira said that. How about boots, says, Beth? What's going on with long. boots? Yeah, what's it? What's up with oh, boots? Wow, well, oh. boots are interesting too. Yeah, <laughs> um, they uh, they got uh, in the FEI ring. You can wear a colored boot now, but it has to match your shad belly. Mm-hmm. So if you have, like, say, a chocolate brown shad belly, and you want to wear chocolate brown boots, you don't have to. But if because you wear black, to, right? They have you black is always appropriate and really when you think about it black boots gonna be fine with any color you wear so you don't have to feel you have to change your helmet or change your boots just because you've decided to go with a different color jacket got it because it, it, it totally looks fine and i tell people that all the time no you don't have to go out and buy a new helmet and um but if you want to, now they've got phenomenal helmets. Yes. If you're getting that really special shad belly, you can match your helmet to a T to go with that shad belly. It is really exciting. Yeah, cool. I've seen this. So I've that, seen yeah, this, this is nice. My wife yeah. was buying a new helmet, and then they're like, <laughs> oh, do you want the chrome, or do you want the matte black, or do you want that? I was like, there was... Uh-huh. So many options. You've just seen Phil. I, I could see Phil's head spinning colors. off. Yeah. Yeah. It was blowing yeah. my mind. Yeah. Phil's head about spun off. <laughs> but that's so cool. That's okay. <laughs> I know. We just did um, a custom shad belly for somebody in Navy, and the detail on the coat was copper. Wow. And we just did a matching helmet yeah. in Navy with copper in the front. On the front portion uh, wow. with the navy frame, it was. Yeah, I, th- I think it's Absolutely. it's nice as long as it's sort of tastefully done and and mm-hmm. just you know just hints of color, right? And then uh, uh, yeah, it looks sharp. But if it you're going to really go sharp. for a little bit more than that, you just got to remember you've got to be relatively confident. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. you have to be real. Yeah, and that, but that's you know I would say that's kind of the same way you can in in life and in business suits and like you can never go wrong with the the classic tailor. But if you want to push it, then you've got to be pretty confident. So it's the same exactly. kind of idea. Exactly, I love I it. I do, and I think that the judges think about that, and, and they may not even be conscious. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a conscious thing. Like oh, I just think that it goes through their mind when somebody comes in. And they're really classic, and they've got a beautiful, quiet shad belly and really nicely turned out, and the horse is nicely turned out. I think the judge almost relaxes. Yeah. And then when they come in with a little bit more, you know, they may just think about it a little bit more, like, oh, wow, Mm -hmm. this is going to be kind of exciting. Or or not. (laughs) Depends. Or not. Yeah, or not. Yeah, so. Yeah, depends. Yeah. But I, I think that the, I don't think it's conscious. I think it could be even subconscious. I love it. So. I love it. Well, well, Beth, we can't thank you enough for your time tonight. We're getting close to the holidays, and I know you're so busy. So how can people find you online if they have any questions and last-minute Christmas gifts? How can they find all of that? Well, you can go to thehorseofcourse.com, and you can also call our toll-free number, 888-49-HORSE. And you can have, and then the girls at the shop, if they, if you don't know what you want, can run down a few interesting things. And of course, we'll be around at Global with the trailer open at, um, in Florida here. So I hope everybody has a wonderful holiday. Absolutely. Well, Beth, thank you so much. And we can't wait to see you this season. Okay. Thank you so much for having me. Well, right after this commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products, we're coming back with Wendy Murdoch about the Surefoot Pads. Happy holidays to all the listeners of the Horse Radio Network from your friends at Kentucky Performance Products. Kentucky Performance Products cares about the health of your horses and knows you do too. May you and your horses and ponies have a very happy and healthy holiday season and a fun equine-filled new year. From all of us at Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com. Happy holidays, everybody. Well, tonight we are very excited to have Wendy Murdoch of the Murdoch Method back on the show. Wendy, welcome back. Hi, it's so great to be back with you. We love having you. We love that you're a regular. Yeah, it's it's really fun. I enjoy talking to you. The show's great, and 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 people hear it and love it. <laughs> well, we try, don't we? We all of us on on this call, we we try every day. So you're actually fresh back from the AAEP convention. I think it was in Denver. How did that go for you? It was amazing. So I have never been to AAEP convention, and I had. No expectations, but um, Dr. Melissa King at Colorado State University has been using Surefoot pads in a rehab center now for about two years. And at, at first, I when I first sent some pads out to her, you know, I called her and she hadn't started using them because her facility wasn't done yet. And then about a year later, I kept noticing that CSU was ordering Surefoot pads. And so I finally called them and was like, what's going on? And she told me that what they're doing is they're sending their clients' horses home with Surefoot pads to continue the rehab at home. And so when I found out that the AAP meeting was in Denver, I thought, well, Dr. Melissa King's out there, and she's been a big fan of Surefoot, so I need to get myself there. 
which I did. Should maybe was, we should maybe explain what the AAEP is for everybody yeah, as well. Good, okay. good point. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's the American Association of Equine Practitioners. So there were over 5,400 equine veterinarians at this conference. It's their big annual conference. And so they come from actually from all around the world. I mean, we had people at my booth from Mexico and Japan and Canada. Canada. You get a lot of Canadians at that, <laughs> at that conference. Yeah, a lot of Canadians. It was really fun, yeah. And uh, Brazil. There was – and because we had someone – buy some surefoot pads off my website and went to Brazil and I never heard from them again. But here was the veterinarian, the head vet from this clinic in Brazil, and he was so excited about surefoot. So we went without any expectations only because Melissa King has been in Colorado and she's been a big fan. And I thought if there was ever going to be a crowd that would be supportive, this is the location. And when we got there, we, we set up our booth and my husband, Brad, came with me. And so we made a little, we thought, well, if it doesn't go well, we'll at least have a holiday. And because there's great restaurants in Denver. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. I like your thinking, so, not going to lie. Yeah, what the heck? <laughs> so we set up the booth. And then Dr. Stephen Adair, who's the head vet at the UT Tennessee Knoxville uh, Equine Rehab Center, did a lecture to a hundred veterinarians and he talked about Surefoot by name because he's been a big supporter, which I had met him once, but I didn't realize what a big supporter he was at Surefoot. And he talked about it in his talk to a hundred veterinarians. And then there were two other vets that talked about using proprioceptive pads. And since we're the ones who created proprioceptive pads for horses, basically it's us, but two other veterinarians that talked about, proprioceptive pads in their talk for rehabilitation. So we were just so excited to, to, we were in the right place at the right time with the right crowd. And at the moment where the veterinarians in the United States are recognizing that for rehabilitation, we need to do something about proprioception. And that's one of the things that Surefoot does for horses. So it, it was just it was perfect. And so Dr. Adair came to my booth. I got a picture of him with me. It was like having a five-star general in my booth. And then <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was like I was blown away. And then Dr. O'Grady, who's um, a podiatrist veterinarian, he's like one of the top, um, he came by and he was super nice and just really enthusiastic. And then we had Dr. Ober, who's the, the USEA veterinarian team vet for the show jumping team and Dr. Engel, who's I believe Margie Engel's husband. And he, yeah. And he came by our booth and he was, he came right at the end and he was so enthusiastic that they've asked me to come down to Wellington to do a demonstration. And then, and then we had Dr. Tracy Turner, who's another just, you know, giant in the equine veterinary world come by. So, I mean, it was just kind of like starstruck. You know, having all these like major, you know, veterinarians in, in the equine world come by the booth and be so supportive and, and they were just super nice and it was so much fun. So way beyond my expectations. So, uh, Wendy, I was just wondering if maybe you could give us uh, a bit of a synopsis of the presentations that, that the veterinarians were giving or just, you know, give us some of the, the highlights uh, there findings, which, which we've talked about before, but, but I'd, I'd like to hear, you know, what, what they're thinking and, and maybe a little bit of your conversations from, from the weekend at, at the uh, conference. Sure. So I wasn't at his lecture, so I can't speak to what he said to the veterinarians, but basically what 
these veterinarians are acknowledging is that you need to do what's called proprioceptive rehab with horses. Proprioception is the ability to know where your body is in space. So my example is that you're driving down the highway at 60 miles an hour and you reach for the candy bar and the grocery bag in the back seat. You don't have to look at your hand because you know where it is in space. Reese got that one. Yes, I did. <laughs> you know, you know where your hand is in space, so you don't have to look at it. Well, when we have injuries or there's been, you know, like a trauma, say, say you were lame for a while and you lose that proprioception. And if you don't restore it, then you're not going to come back to full function. And this is something that's, that's in the nervous system of, the, of that map of where our body is in space. So for my riding students, I talk about this all the time because we have injuries so I, I had surgery two years ago, and I literally, like, disconnected from my left leg because essentially surgery is like being stabbed. And they had to go in and they had to remove a bone spur and reattach three-quarters of the glute medius tendon. And so what my brain did was kind of say, my leg doesn't really exist. And this is what happens when we have injuries. At the map of your body and your brain, that proprioceptive map, gets smudged and shrunken. And even when the injury is healed, if you don't reestablish the map, you don't restore full function. So as a Feldenkrais practitioner, which I studied the technique for 16 years, this is one of the things that's always in the back of my head that Feldenkrais recognized that you, ha that you had to differentiate and then integrate the body for full function. In other words, if, if I hurt my hand and I... I don't use it for a while. My map gets smudged and shrunken. And then when my hand is healed, I'm not reestablished in the map. So I don't use it the way I did before the injury. And we have to do things to reestablish the map. So Feldenkrais is like redifferentiating each finger or like the mirror technique where your brain remaps. And for horses, they don't, we can't use a mirror because they don't recognize self. So we have to do something that triggers that body, that brain, to reestablish the connection to the body. And by putting horses on surefoot pads and having that unstable surface, and you watch how they explore, they're essentially remapping that area. And I had a horse in New Zealand that was so fascinating. It was a show jumping horse. I think I talked about him last time. And I couldn't pick up his left front leg. And when I went to his right side and I put his right front foot on the pad, he freaked out a little bit. And in my opinion, he lost the map of his right front leg, which is why he stood so heavy on the left. And after we worked with him for about 15 minutes, I could pick up each leg and they were equal in the way they picked up. In other words, he wasn't overloading the left. And, and we had reestablished his and integrated him back into the right side, which for any performance horse is so important because we want them to be balanced, to be able to go straight, and to be able to turn equally left and right. So if you lose some of them proprioceptive mapping, you can't do that. And so they talk about, at the AAP meeting, they're talking about proprioception and using surefoot pads to reestablish proprioception. So that's, that's one way that the veterinarians are using surefoot. And then the other way is to get all the little tiny muscles working. And you can literally see horses engaging the thoracic sling, which is so critical for having them up in front, right? Engaging the thoracic sling and, and they're working the little tiny postural muscles, which are the unsung heroes of posture. I mean, 
you know, we, we want to think about the big working muscles, but really it's the little tiny muscles that we don't notice that are so important to good function and good posture. So that, I hope that I kind of talked fast. Yeah, that, no, that, that was great. great. That was it wonderful. Was awesome. my, my only question is that you talked about rehab, but, you know, is it also horses who don't really establish, you know, even muscles on each side? I think it's kind of a dumb question, but it, that, that no, just from birth, awesome. they haven't had it. So, I mean, I think the Surefoot right. program is going to help help horses who are very one-sided or just get them more even and level. And Absolutely. So when we're talking about veterinarians, they're already looking at disease. Something's already happened, and that's why they're there and why the horse is in rehab. But right. if we use Surefoot with horses before that, I have people using Surefoot with their young horses before they ever get on their back. And the horses are more balanced when they get on because they've already developed a better sense of their body and their balance. So, you know, I'd love to see Surefoot being used not as a as a rehab system while it's very good there, but being used proactively with the horse during the training process, which Felicitas von Neumann Costello is using Surefoot every day with the training horses that she has, because not only are you going to keep helping develop the, the muscles, but you might notice one day, wow, you know, yesterday my horse was happy to stand on two pads in front and today he doesn't want that. What's changed? And so it's kind of like it could give us a little heads up that, you know, wait, something's different. We need to start looking at this. This horse isn't standing the same as he did yesterday. Did I overwork him in the training? Did he hurt himself out in the field? You know, it, what's right. going on that yeah. suddenly this is different? So it's kind of a, a great way to... um to kind of keep tabs on your horse's balance and see how it's either progressing, getting more balance, or suddenly there's a change. I was going to ask if, she's, <laughs> if you've ever used it on foals. Have you done it with foals? And, and... Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. so we had this, I, I'm just, I'm sorry, I get so excited about the young, the baby. <laughs> there was a, <laughs> there was a twin foal in New Zealand and the foal couldn't get up on its own. And we went Aww. to see it. It was four days old. And we, we got it up. And then we just had it kind of wander over the pads and not even, for, not force it in any way, right? But just kind of guide it to stand on the pad. The next day it was running around. It was amazing. Wow. Um, and I've had people, you know, like I've worked with yearlings. I know people working with young horses because... When horses are growing, they go through those really awkward stages, just like children, right? They'll get butt high or, you know, out of proportion. And if we can keep reestablishing good balance during those phases, then we're going to help keep the horse in balance so that as the other body parts grow and come into balance, we, we just keep establishing where good balance is the whole way through. I think I'm well, still I in an awkward phase. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I completely understand, you know, what you're talking about after surgery. Cause if you've ever had, I've had knee surgery and foot surgery. So mm -hmm. when you have those surgeries, you have to almost learn to rewalk on different footing. And so yep. I, I completely understand that because, you know, when you, cause you have a different feel and your leg isn't as strong. And especially as you're going through rehab, rehab and, and, um, if you go to physical, well, typically they'll send you to you know, PT and you'll, that's exactly what your therapists have you do. They have you walk on different, you know, surfaces to make sure that you yep. are capable of, of doing that. And 
So when you, when, cause I've, I've been able to work with the pads myself and what really made a difference for me, Wendy, was when you line them up and I understood because you had me just simply walk across all the pads. And when you started to walk across the pads, you had to feel where your feet were and how they were walking. So it changed your brain and how you were, how you were what you were doing. So if it was harder or softer, you would adjust. And that's exactly, you know, what the horses have to do. So it exactly. makes total sense to me because I've, I've done it and that's exactly what it yeah. did for me. So the, the idea and, of the proprioception makes sense. Yeah. So, so that's one, one of the things that came out of AAP was that the vets are recognizing that this is a really useful tool in rehab. And what I kept pointing out to them is when that horse goes home from the clinic or from the rehab center, this is something you can send home with the owner so that they can be not only engaged and involved in the rehab, but seeing the progression and the improvement. And, and so that was really important. And then the other thing Dr. Adair told me is that they're going to start studying the effect on muscles with using surefoot pads. They're, they have the ability to measure muscle activation in a number of different muscles, and they're going to start looking at that. So we're going to get to see some data, some really good data on what's happening while horses are on surefoot pads, which is, you know, something as a scientist uh, from the day I started this, which is almost eight years ago now, I was like, how is this working and what's going on? And so while we're, we still haven't answered that question exactly, we're going to start to see some of the positive effects of using surefoot pads, which is super cool. That is so cool. Well, Wendy, as always, it's so amazing to hear you talk in, in, in your passion and it's, it's awesome. So if people have more questions, how can they find you online? So they can find me, um, they can email me, wendy at wendymurdoch.com. I'm on Facebook. There's the Murdoch Method page and then there's the Surefoot Equine page. And my website is murdochmethod.com and there's a tab there for Surefoot. I've also got a YouTube channel, Murdoch Method, and if they just go to YouTube and search Surefoot Equine, I've got lots of videos up there where people can see horses on pads and see what's going on as opposed to, you know, trying to just figure this out listening to us. So they can see lots of video. That's so cool. Well, Wendy, I can't wait to see you in a couple weeks here in Wellington, and we hope you have a very happy holidays. Thanks. And you too. It'll, I'm really looking forward to. I know it's going to start 2020 in a, in a, in a great way. I can't, I can't wait. And we're going to, what are we going to work together? We're going to work together, aren't we on a, kind of a different method, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to play with the Franklin balls that we talked about. Um, yeah. I can't so, wait. Uh, That's going to be our update. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically surefoot for your butt. I can't wait. I know we'll get pictures. There will be photo documentation. Don't you worry. I'm really excited about it. So that'll be our our next segment. Well, Wendy, thank you so much. And we look forward to 2020. Yep. And happy holidays to everybody. Well, Phil, I know a great last minute Christmas gift for someone. And that would be the stability stirrup leathers. I'm just telling everybody, if, if you don't have a gift yet for a rider in your family, that would be the gift. Yeah, I'm wondering. I've got it. I think I've got to get a couple new pairs for next year. I know I do too. <laughs> Justin, if you're hearing us, call. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> no, but, it's true. Uh, I've been converting in my students and you know the people I've been talking to about these awesome stirrup leathers that are really super comfortable and really help you to to get a more stable leg. And so, yeah, I would definitely recommend this to anybody who 
you know, is thinking about improving their writing next year. And I think that's that's pretty much everybody listening to this program. So Including you guys myself. can check out all the great products at totalsaddlefit.com. And they're great at answering questions. If you shoot them an email, it's uh, it's a fantastic company and their products are great and they are very high quality. So totally worth I it. I agree. Totally worth it. Totalsaddlefit.com. Justin at Total Saddlefit's the best and he will answer any questions you have. So, Phil, for our Total Saddle Fit tip of the week, we have a great tip from Sarah Hassler, and we hope you all enjoy. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, tonight for our Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, I am so excited to have one of my dear friends, Sarah Hassler, on the show. She won the Pre-St. George Intermediate One at Dressage at Devon and was tied for reserve at the National Championship at Lamplight in the Intermediate One. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's great to be here. Well, we are so happy to have you. And and I, I have not seen you yet here in South Florida, but I know you guys are all settled down here, aren't you? Yes, we are, and we can't wait to see you. Actually, <laughs> I know, I love it. So, Sarah, what do you have? What are you doing for the holidays? It's actually going to be a pretty special holiday. My sister is flying over from Ireland, and she's going to spend the entire week with my dad and I down here. So, she's going to do a little bit of filming for us, so we can make use of her <laughs> on top <laughs> of just some family time. So, it'll be really special because she hasn't been in the states for a year. Oh, fantastic. I know you guys are going to have a great holiday. That is so fun. Well, Sarah, what do you have for our trainer tip of the week? So what I was hoping to talk about today was something that was really useful to me over the summer, gearing up towards a few different CDIs in Canada, as well as in Florida, and then as well as Festival and Devon, which is how to train your horse appropriately and not overtrain for a major competition. And it's something that I see a lot in my students and it's something, you know, I'm coached on frequently because I think it's really hard to to separate your mental state and try to get out of the I have to make it perfect, I have to make it perfect, I have to make it perfect and really dial back and, and learn to be confident and comfortable and okay, we've qualified to get here. We're confident in what we can do, so let's just make my horse feel as best I can to present ourselves the best we can at this competition. And I think that it's really a big combination of, you know, not drilling the movement and more backing away to just making your horse as supple and comfortable as possible, focusing on things that aren't stressful to their body, meaning, you know, that your transitions are really good, your halts are good, you're getting in your corners you know your horse is really off your age so even though it's maybe a lighter form of training you don't lose that you know okay respectfulness of this is this is what you do when I touch the wings this is what you do when my leg goes on this is this is the the quality doesn't change but that you give your horse um, a time where they don't feel like they're necessarily in the ring to give them a nice mental break prior to going in and that way they're you know, refreshed for the trip. They they feel good when they go down center line. They're mentally happy and ready and willing to work. But then you also don't psych yourself out of, of saying, you know, I have to fix this and this and this. But you really just try to give yourself that little confidence to say, no, we're prepared. We're ready. I've done my homework. Now I have to take care of myself, my horse, going into this, feeling fresh and excited and really get to go and enjoy the experience. 
Absolutely. So Sarah, how often kind of leading up to a big competition, how often do you actually ride the test? I actually typically only ride my test twice or Mm -hmm. maximum of three times before I go to ride it. The first time I just kind of hail Mary, go for it, (laughs) see how it goes. Second time I say, okay, so let's fix my big problems from last time. And if there are still more big problems, I go and I do a third. But if the second time is, you know, dramatically better than the first, my coaches tend to have me just say, okay, so mentally prepare that this time and tweak little things in your training, but don't go ride through the entire thing over again, just to keep things for the horse fresh, for me fresh, because I think sometimes when we overanalyze, we tend to overthink and overdo certain things where sometimes our feel is a lot better than practice, 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 practice. Yeah. Yeah. And you also talked about preparing yourself. So how do you prepare yourself getting ready for big competition? One of my favorite things to do, um, it might sound silly, but I, I really like to watch a video of myself riding and really focus on my preparation for each movement. So normally, you know, you memorize your test, okay, A down center line. Well, in my head, I think, okay, my horse I know is really nervous and he might try to throw one or cross canner or something down the center line. So instead I'm going to think just the tiniest, tiniest bit of shoulder for, but keeping my connection straight. So I know that I have him on my feet. So I try to time and, and mentally talk through my test with each preparation to movement as part of the test itself. And then I actually record it and I listen to it so that I, I just hear the playback over and over and over in my head. So it becomes natural to me when I go into the ring to hear that in my head so that it, the preparation for each movement is almost a part of the test itself. I really, I really like that idea. Yeah, I haven't heard anybody uh, Thank you. do that before, but really yeah, just uh, a recording instead of just hearing a down center line, you know, because everybody in the does that and no matter what level of test you're doing, that's part of the test is, is that, right. but actually having yourself recorded and, and almost talking to yourself, I think would would be a great idea to get get you mentally yeah. prepared, and then you know exactly what you're gonna be thinking through each moment of the test. So exactly, uh, I, yeah. And I, I I won't lie; it's definitely caught me from going off course a few times. <laughs> I, I hear it, and I'm like, sure. "Oh, Sarah, you did not say that right there." <laughs> no, it's very true. That's so true for sure. And like you said, you, you're used to it in your training and, and it's kind of an active training process versus sort of yeah. a turn left. Like, what are you doing on the center line? How are you going to get prepared for the turn for whatever your next movement is? Exactly. I exactly. love or, it. Or even, you know, something as far as thinking ahead, you know, if, if you have a horse that's hot and the changes, you just came out of pirouettes, you say, Okay, okay, now, now, uh, like little half halts, little half halts, keep them prepared, keep them prepared, keep them prepared. Okay, now present, you know, some little things like that, just to, to have it drilled in your head. And I mean, I would, I would play it, oh my goodness, my, my staff would get so annoyed because it would just play and play and play instead of music before competitions. But that way, you know, I never have to think about what my action, you know, someone comes up to you and says, oh, do you know your test? Yes, I not only know my test, but I know exactly how I'm preparing every single second of my test. So, Sarah, you're you're way more technology-oriented than I am, and you're really good. So how did you do that? Do, do you hit, get the recording on your video? It's actually or? 
Yeah, it's actually really simple. So um, I film things like normal. You know, I'll have one of my working students like, um, film my rides, my lessons, so I can really hear my coach um, tell me, you know, good, that's the feeling you want right there, right there. I want you to remember that feeling, you know. So then I, when I watch it back, I remember each of those feelings. I jot it down on a notebook. And then I just go, I have an iPhone, but I know it's available on Android too. Um, it's a little podcast, like microphone oh, recording. Radio. You just hit it. And then I talk myself. I say, okay, no, Sarah, remember, get, don't, don't spend too much time, you know, get a nice big power. You know, I just kind of give myself reminders before I even go in. I give myself a little pep talk to get myself into the right mental space. And then I, you know, I just start to talk through my test. And it's really easy to cut and edit it. So, in order to not lose my train of thought, I only do about three to four movements per like audio clip so that then if I, you know, I decide I go back and I say, okay, no, 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 I want a, a little less there. That was too much for me to hear in between each movement. So then I, I go back and I say, no, 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 no. Okay. Let me re-say that. Then I re-record it. And then eventually I just cut them all together. It's super easy. They just play you know, like a CD would track one, track two, track three, track four, and it just plays right down the line. You can listen to it in your car when you're driving. You can listen to it, you know, when you're going to sleep at night. You can listen to it during your ride as you're riding through your test. You can really access it anytime you need. That way you're able to, you know, it just really sinks in so it becomes a natural thing. Like like you would with your freestyle music. You just listen to it all the time. And then next thing you know, it's in your head. Great idea. That's really cool. Thank you. I love it. I love it. Well, Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. That's a great tip for everybody. Something you can work on for sure this winter if you're cold or uh, or any other things. So Sarah, how can our listeners find you online? Instagram, I'm on Facebook. It's just hash Lickersage. And we also have a website, Fantastic. Well, Sarah, happy holidays to you and your family. Happy holidays, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Well, Phil, I have had some great clinics in 2020 with listeners from the show. Shout out to the North Run, everybody in North Run, Minnesota. I've also gone to Maryland, to Mogi's Barn. So a shameless plug for us, but we do do clinics. We love and we would love to come support some listeners and to get some get to some places that we don't normally go. So feel free to email Philip or I about doing clinics. We could even do a symposium together. We're up to a lot of things. So feel free in 2020 to shout out to us uh, for clinics and lessons. We love it. And as always, we love email and Facebook shout outs. And we have a big shout out to Greta. We're so glad you sent us an email and we were able to get you on the show. And feel free, anybody to send us some emails and with questions. We've got a couple more in the queue that we will get to. And we really appreciate everybody listening. And we hope in 2019, you had lots of fun, but we can't wait for 2020. 2020. I can't believe it. Um, I'm really looking forward to the new year and all the fun things. How about you, Phil? Just like you, I think I've had a really great year. I really uh, appreciate all of our listeners to, for supporting the show and all of our sponsors for allowing us to, uh, to put on the show. I mean, that's how it, that's how this Absolutely. all happens. So yeah. if our listeners can support our sponsors as much as, as they can, that would be great. We love the auditors. The auditor program has been wonderful. You know, that's growing and growing and, and we appreciate our auditors as well. So thank you very much for a wonderful year and happy holidays to everybody. Happy holidays for everybody. Have a wonderful and- new year. And we're going to be back, not yeah. right away. We're going to take a, a couple of weeks off, but, uh, 
I think the second or third week in January, we're going to come yep. back with a great show. So, And we do, and we have a new book club for this year. And as always, if you have any questions or, or suggestions to Phil and I, we love listening to them. And, and we really appreciate every single one of you that listened to, to us here on the Dressage Radio Show. As always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guest on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to get in touch with me is through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. Again, thanks to our sponsors for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back. Have a great holiday season, and we can't wait to chat with you in 2020. Thank you.